thing. It's your birthday? Yeah. Hello? So? Birthdays are just excuses to like eat cake and open presents and shit. There's no real meaning behind no, a birthday. No, it's symbolic, okay? Whoever's killing you knows it's your birthday. Oh, happy Halloween, Popheads. How is everyone doing? I hope you're enjoying the raging Halloween season. I hope it's in full swing in your neighborhood, in your neck of the woods as it is. And everything's just going dandy. Uh, Die, Die, My Darling by the Misfits seemed like the appropriate song to kick off today's episode because we are discussing the Die, Die, My Darling-esque kind of movie. Uh, we are doing Happy Death Day today. I'm so excited to talk about this film. Uh, it's a picture that I, I'm fairly new to. Uh, I know it came out several years ago, but it sort of slipped off the radar, and we'll talk a little bit about that story. Um, but I'm uh, it, this movie charmed me in a way that I wasn't quite expecting it to do, and so I, I felt like this movie would be a wonderful addition to our Halloween festivities for this year. It's a little untraditional. It's, it has its roots in, in horror, in, in the slasher genre in particular, uh, but it's not necessarily a dyed-in-the-wool horror film. This is a much more uh, adventurous horror movie. Directed by Christopher Landon, written by Scott Lobdell. We'll talk a little bit more about that with our guest for this episode. Uh, but yeah, Happy Death Day from 2017. A wonderful cast headed up by Jessica Roth, Israel Broussard, Ruby Modine, Charles Atkins, and so many, many more. Uh, again, a movie that just came out of nowhere and tickled my fancy in so many fun, fun ways. And I think it's a movie that, if it's not something that's on your radar, I definitely think it needs to be. And that is our feature for today as we continue our Halloween-themed adventures in the month of October. I love doing the October shows. They are some of my favorites of the year. I look forward to these. We contemplate uh, what movies to discuss for the duration. I mean, like like months and months in advance. Uh, I am I am in conversation with potential guests and co-hosts to come up with our, our films for the Halloween season. And uh, one episode coming up, I, I think it'll be next week's show, uh, has been over a year in the making. I initially pitched it to, uh, to our guest uh, a year ago at, at Halloween time. And we, we couldn't squeeze it into the schedule for last year, but it is on the schedule for this year, and it is happening next week. And I'm very excited to share that one with you all as well because... Like I said, it's been a long time coming, and I can't wait to talk about that. So before we get into the show proper, before everything is, is kind of uh, in full swing, you know, we got to get the particulars out of the way. First of all, once again, thank you so much for checking out the podcast, the TomCast podcast. My name is Tom. Welcome aboard. If you're a new listener, welcome. Hope you enjoy the show. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Hope you have a fun time. That's sort of the key ingredient to the TomCast podcast is having fun, having a good time. We keep things light. We try to have an interesting conversation, but... Uh, without getting to be a bunch of uh, rambling uh, jerks. That's kind of like the, the, the thing here. We don't want to be a bunch of jerks. We want to have a good time. We want to have fun. And we want you to be a part of that fun with us. And one of the best ways to do that, on social media. We are at Tomcast Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. By all means, reach out, give us a follow, and, and uh, communicate with us. Like Talk to us. Let us know what's going on, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. 
what we do wrong on the show, what we get right, by all means, let us know all of it. You can also email the show if, if the character limits aren't enough for you. Email tomcastpodcast at gmail.com. And another friendly reminder to please make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing this show with all your friends, family, loved ones, the people that you murder with your love every day of your life. See what I did there? I kind of brought it all back around and put a little bow on it. It's really, really nice. And, of course, another easy way to support the podcast, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so very, very much in advance for doing that. All right. Now we give out our shout-outs, our special appreciation to the official members of Pophead Nation, which you can sign up for at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. Join the nation. Get access to the bonus content. <laughs> Thank you so much to our current Patreons. The Aspen Hill Chody, The Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, Jeff crushing it over on the ring air. Be sure to check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, Joker and Harley Quinn, our very own Brian and Krista of Brian Brewing Company here in San Diego, California. Coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland. Now hiring. Get your applications and resumes in now. And, of course, the Beer Hop Brigadier General himself, Jesus Beer Hops. Welcome, 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 and thank you all for the support. You keep the lights on. You keep this show getting better and better, and we couldn't do it without you. All right, like I said, we are getting into Happy Death Day, and, oh, again, I really like this flick. Maybe you all think I'm nuts. Maybe you think I'm crazy, but we have a good conversation. Once again, joining us for the conversation is my brother Mark, and he is... um, the the horror movie aficionado, we turn to him in this time of, of Halloween uh, because he knows the movies inside out and out. He knows the genre. He knows the tropes. He knows the cliches. And, and uh, yeah, he's always a good resource to talk to, to pick his brain, see what he thinks of these things. He kind of helps keep me uh, in line from getting too audacious with my claims and with my thoughts. But, yeah, we have a good time with this one. So I want you all to sit back, <laughs> buckle up. Hold on to your butts and buckle up again. Let's go. It's Happy Death Day over and over and over again. I did it! I did it! Woo! Yeah! Catch me now, bitch! (laughs) Woo! Hey, all right, he is back, joining us once again via the power of our uh, crappy internet. <laughs> My brother Mark is here. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing, doing pretty well. We are uh, entering the thickness of the Halloween season. The thickness of the Halloween season? I don't know if that's the right ter- phrase that I want to go with, but we're, it's that time of year, right? The, the leaves are changing colors, they're falling... And uh, serial killers are coming out of the woodwork to murder us all. Yep. Yep, indeed. <laughs> have, you, have you had to dodge many serial killers on the streets of Los Angeles? Every day. All day, every day, I believe is the uh, correct terminology for that question. All yep. day, every day. All day, every day. Now, um, I think we maybe have talked about this in the past, but just as a, as a refresher, because you know we only get into these Halloween movies, these... these uh, Halloween episodes once a year, so so let me, let's kind of refresh the the wonderful listening audience. Mark, what is your favorite horror movie or horror movie franchise, and your uh, favorite horror movie character? 
Oh, that's hard to say. At least the first one. My, I'll I'll give you my favorites. Okay. Um, and it's just it's just three. Um, it would be The Shining, Alien, and the Evil Dead trilogy. Okay, I like. I mean, nothing wrong with any of those. And so my favorite character, I think, would be Ash, followed followed by Jack Torrance. Okay, good news, great news. What about specifically in the, in the slasher genre? The slasher genre. Yeah. I, oh, I don't know. That's there's too many. That <laughs> like that's just too. Um, I mean, but, obviously, like the, the the trifecta is in play, right? Like you enjoy them, you know, Freddie, Jason, Michael Myers. Would you consider them the, the trifecta? Yeah, um, I definitely, yes. Like I'm definitely a big Friday the Thirteenth fan, and of all the slashers, you know, Jason's my favorite. So, hey, right on. Uh, that's good stuff. I love that, and. Uh, you know, we keep threatening to do Friday the 13th on this podcast. We haven't done it just yet, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I, I promise the people we will get there. Yes. So t- so today, uh, uh, for the wonderful listeners of this show. Well, we... wait, what about you? Oh, oh, I guess that's fair. Ask me, dude, look at Mark. Look at Mark. You're getting good at this podcasting thing. Turning the tables, asking the host the questions. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're blossoming into a podcasting flower right before my eyes, Mark. Oh, my. <laughs> Um, I think for me, it's, and I may, I'm, I think I'm on the record. I am, I, I enjoy the, the, the trifecta as well. The triumvirate that is Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers. Uh, I, I think my favorite over the years has become, uh, become Michael Myers. I really love that first Halloween. John Carpenter, uh, is, is so, so good at what he does in that movie. And, uh, Michael Myers is just a, just got a real high creep factor, you know? And the the kills are great. I I uh, Michael Myers taught me to always check the back seat of your car before you get in it. Yeah, I mean the original Halloween is uh, definitely trendsetter. Uh, I always I always found Michael Myers to be a bit wanting. Ooh, look at you wanting. <laughs> he's just wanting to kill Jamie Lee Curtis. All right, Let, leave, leave him alone. Yeah, and unfortunately, he's really bad at it. Well, that's kind of the point of all of these movies, Mark. They're always bad at killing one of them. <laughs> well, you would think after how how many tries, how many tries has he had now? Well, I, I mean, are we going to count them all individually, or are you going to count like what's actually considered continuity? I'm counting them all individually. <laughs> I'm not down with this. Like, oh, we're resetting the continuity. Get out of my face. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I, I can't defend Halloween as as a as a as a franchise necessarily because there's so much convoluted. Uh, retconning of the history and then retconning of the, of the retconned history. Uh, it, it's right. it's a bit ludicrous. I I still enjoy the movies, but I I, I don't uh, I don't get as uh, I guess I don't get as deep in on, on them as I do because they they constantly want to reinvent the franchise or like you know take it back to its roots. I guess I guess that's probably the more reasonable reasonable explanation for what what they do with the series is like oh we got to take it back to the roots. It's all about Michael and, and uh, Jamie Lee. And it's like. Does it have to be though? Can we can we not move on from this? But we yeah, I mean that's definitely the trend since the the late nineties and they had they had H two O. But they they did get away from it with again with with resurrection, but uh but people people did not take kindly to that, even though I found it to be hysterical. 
Right, and then they tried to do a reboot, the Rob Zombie reboot series, which oh. was interesting, I, I suppose. No, not even. I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I like I like Rob Zombie as an artist, but I just I could not get behind those. Uh, I was okay with the first one. I I thought his, the sequel was hot garbage, though. Just yeah. a flame dumpster fire of of awfulness. Uh, yeah. And then I, you know, I did like the last Halloween movie, the one that did bring Jamie Lee back and uh, her daughter and her granddaughter characters. I like that film quite a bit. Um, I'm I I have concerns about the sequel, but I'm sure I will go see it. Halloween Kills is probably out now as people are listening to this, in theory. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I liked I liked the 2018 Halloween as well, even though I'm not a big fan of just like you know kind of resetting the 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 continuity. Um, and I told you, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to Halloween Kills, but I had to turn that trailer off halfway through because I felt like they were showing me the whole movie. You know, it's funny you bring that up because we are with the movie we're talking about today. I'm gonna bring that up. <laughs> because, okay. All right. Yes. Um. And. and any more? Did I answer your question? Are we pretty good there? Or did you want more, like some more specifics? No, no, you're good. I, I actually, and I, we talked about it way back when, when you and I talked about Alien. But that is probably my all-time favorite horror movie. That is just a phenomenal piece of cinema on yeah. every level. So yeah, I, I do, I do want a second your Alien mention as well because yeah, the, to me, and I, again, I think I said it during the episode. Uh, Alien is the ultimate haunted house movie. It's just so good yeah i'm you know it's a it's a slasher in space yeah oh yeah but we're here to talk about a more uh, recent movie and this is a movie i discovered it's been out for a few years i'm sure most people have probably at least heard of it if they haven't seen it yet um and it's a movie that kind of caught my attention and kind of took me by surprise uh mm. we are referring to 2017's happy death day directed by christopher landon and written by scott lobdell which that's yep. interesting. We're going to talk about that in a minute too. Okay. <laughs> but for, for me, for a long time, horror movies have been really hit or miss. Uh, I, I don't really like to go to the theater to see them anymore. I am a big scaredy cat. I'm, I'm not going to lie. So sitting in the dark to watch some movies um, isn't always my favorite thing to do for, for the horror genre. I like to be at home. I like to kind of control my environment a bit better, right? Right. And I also didn't like the way horror movies were kind of trending. Uh, some of them, like... I. Again, it's been a little while now, but remember, like in the late aughts, early you know twenty teens era, where when like the paranormal activity movies were really big, you know they, there was a lot of emphasis on like the jump scare movies. Yeah, that was definitely a, uh, I, I think a low point for the genre. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that stuff. I didn't really care, and and so my my interest in 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 horror movies was kind of waning at that started to wane during that period. Um, yeah. I, I, I do, I, I guess I'm a product of my era. I like slasher films. And, uh, you know, every now and again you get a slasher film or they go back and do another Scream movie or something. And, like, those are always fine. Um, but I hadn't seen anything that I thought was, like, fairly new to the genre in a, in a little while. Right. And this, I, I, I'm not going to claim that Happy Death Day is a wholly original idea, but it's a fun one. If it's you know it's a... Yeah, it's it's a fun twist for for the genre. Let me go ahead uh, and re read our plot here, if you don't mind. Just, I'll just read that real quick. A, yeah. a college student must relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will only end when she discovers her killer's identity. And that is our plot. Yeah. I guess we should mention we 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 already we already named the the people behind the scenes on this one, uh, but 
Do you, were you familiar with with uh, the work of Landon before? No. Now, I guess Christopher Landon came from the Paranormal Activity films. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I did look that up. And yeah, he did direct, I think, either the last one or or like some weird spinoff. Yeah, and I think he's he is also credited as a writer on several of the other ones. Okay. And l- listen, I told you before, I don't really care for the Paranormal Activity movies. I think I think from what I know of them, the the plots are basically non-existent because it's all centered around jump scares and 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 you know that collective fear of being in the movie theater with other people that are screaming their heads off. So I've never given them much credit for having great plots. No. Um, uh, so, so <laughs> again, you understand some of my reservation going into this movie. I'm like, well, I don't know this guy, but he came from the Paranormal Activity movies. Uh, but he brings a, I think, a unique visual visual flair to this movie. That's very exciting, very fun to watch. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that as we go on. But yeah, I was very unfamiliar with him before watching this flick. Yeah. The, the screenwriter, on the other hand, I'm hoping you remember who this person is. Uh, Scott Lobdell, Scott, uh, writer Scott, of Marvel Comics. Scott Lobdell, writer of particularly shitty X-Men comic books, if I can be perfectly were they, frank. Were they shitty? I don't remember. I was like, I remember the name, and I know I've read some of the work, but I don't remember if it was good or not. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, it was X-Men in the late 90s, early 2000s. There's, there was a lot of hits and misses. We'll put it that way. Not everything he did was terrible. Not everything he did was bad. And in fact, I think he's the architect of Age of Apocalypse, which is like one of the best X-Men stories ever, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. And I had no idea this guy was writing movies. No, me neither. <laughs> so when his name popped up in the credits, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and for, I, like I recognized it in the credits. I, was, I thought, I know that name, but I didn't know from where. I, I had to look it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I double-checked to, to confirm that it was the Scott Lobdell that I thought it was. Because I was like, is, are there two? Or has this guy like moved up in the world? And apparently he has moved up in the world. And good, I guess good for him. Yeah. Uh, do, is there anyone in this cast that you know? Because I didn't recognize. I mean, I, uh, Jessica Roth, who is our main character, uh, Tree Gilman, she looks familiar, but I couldn't place her in anything. No, I haven't, I haven't seen her in anything before. Um, I feel like I've seen the dad somewhere, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and maybe you can talk about this a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, and, and if it's too too much of a hot potato, just put it down. But I feel like that's a, a real strength of a lot of horror movies. Like when it's an unknown actor, like you can kind of get away with more stuff with them, right? Like part well, of the would... to to contrast that, like part of the fun of like the first scream, like the the only character that we the only actor that we knew was Drew Barrymore, and she dies in the first ten minutes. I mean that's that's pretty cool, but otherwise, having unknowns in there means you you have no expectations. You don't know what really what's going to happen. Is that a I mean, fair we assessment? Knew, we knew Courtney Cox. We knew Nev Campbell. I guess I don't know. I wasn't a big Party of Five guy, were you? Neither was I, but I recognized okay, her. Okay, no, fair enough. Like, Maybe Scream was like not the right example I wanted to go with. Maybe that was a mistake on my part. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe I was just confused because that's a cast of beautiful people, and this movie's a cast of beautiful people too. Right, but <laughs> I mean, I you know, I catch your meaning, and and as far as Scream goes, I mean, yeah, like Drew Barrymore was the biggest name there. N- none of those other actors had ever 
carried a, a feature film before. Yeah. So, so I, so I mean, I, I, I get your overall meaning, and and yeah, I th- I think horror definitely thrives on casting unknowns. Whether it's for the reason that you say that you, I, I don't quite know what you mean when you say you can get get away with more with them. Like if if it were a big name actor, you would expect them to survive. You know, part, okay, part sure. of the fun with the, with a horror movie is, is is like seeing who's going to be in, in the case of these slasher films, who will be the final girl, basically. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean that. Sure, that that might be part of it. Yeah, and. Again, uh, we we haven't dove, dove too deeply into this movie, but this I I think this movie has a lot of fun with the concept of the final girl because we know who the final girl is. She keeps dying, but she keeps dying every time. But she's like our right. only real protagonist. Let's talk about we'll talk about Tree more in a minute. But like like I said, this is a time loop movie. It 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 kind of leans into its Groundhog Dayness. All right. Yes. Um, for a horror movie, how did how did that strike you? I I thought it was great. Um. You know that's what that's what I meant when I said it, it. It puts a fun twist on the genre. It, even though you know we we've seen Groundhog's Day, we're all familiar with the time loop phenomenon. Um, it hasn't been done in a horror film, so I thought for that reason it was a very original take on it. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree, and I think that was part of the reason um, why I was enjoying the movie so much. It was like a familiar, fun concept, time loops. And I'm, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff anyways. You know, again, 20, I was trying to go back to 2017 and I, I sort of wondered if this, if this movie kind of helped kick off the sort of uh, uh, popularity, uh, the current popularity of time loop movies. There seem to be a ton of them right now. Uh, or, or if maybe like, you know, maybe it might have been like uh, Edge of Tomorrow that really kind of got that started. But again, time loops are definitely yeah. prevalent in cinema right now. It's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I... I mean, other than than this Edge of Tomorrow and um, what's the one everyone's talking about, Palm Springs or something? Yeah, Palm Springs with Andy Samberg, and that was. I mean, that's that's all I really know. What's right fun there. about uh, uh, not to go too much on a, on a on a divergent track here, but like one of the things that's fun about Palm Springs is they actually go and explain the time loop, and they have to have they have to solve the time loop in in a in a very like a, a physics meta, you know science kind of way like there's a there's a whole thing going on there that they get into which was, uh, to me was one of the fun parts because uh you know you don't you don't a lot of times the timely movies you don't understand the mechanics no and yeah like i wrote down like a bunch of questions about time loops so um so that that's it yeah i haven't seen palm springs but that makes me more inclined it's on the hulu check it out jk simmons steals the movie <laughs> All right. You know, you know, I love her JK. So <laughs> I know you do. Uh, this movie, I want to go back to 2017 because I remember seeing uh, like commercials for this movie. I, th- I might have even seen a trailer in theaters for this movie. I had no interest in it. It did not catch me. It did not strike a oh. nerve with me. I, I think I was more annoyed with the 50 Cent song that was being used in the movie. Um, oh, I... All of that. I don't know if you went back and watched the trailer. I did not watch the trailer. I remember I saw the trailer in theaters. And I remember thinking that that's a fun concept. I like that idea. Maybe it'll be good, but it also looked a little looked a little chintzy. Like I was kind of like, like I thought this could either be really fun and original, or this could be really cheap and horrible. 
So I, I stayed away from it, from, from theaters and, and then just rented it. Yeah. I, and I, I quickly forgot about it. Um, you know, I vaguely remembered, uh, the, the movie existed, um, mostly because of the, the, the killer's mask and we'll talk about the killer's mask later as well. But uh, yeah, I kind of sort of forgot about this movie. And then, uh, recently I've had a series, a series of friends, uh, come up to me and, and ask me if I've watched the movie Freaky, which I have not watched yet. But apparently, that's these people who who made yes. the Happy Death Day movies, and so it, it, Freaky got on my radar, and I, I I really wanted to watch that. I got into the idea of that, and then I kind of was like, well, if they made Freaky, and everyone, all my friends seem to really like Freaky, people who you know I don't consider horror movie uh, people like that movie so much. Maybe I'll just start with like the Happy Death Day. I'll, I'll go check it out, and I I had kind of forgotten that I'd seen that trailer until I started watching the movie. And I was like, oh, this looks, okay, this is the movie with the phone and, and blah, blah, blah. But what I didn't remember, luckily, and luckily, I didn't watch the trailer until after I had seen the movie. I, I watched it kind of like in preparation for, for this podcast. I kind of was like, well, let me watch the trailer and, and see what this is all about. Okay. Dude, the trailer like gives the whole movie away. <laughs> I was so glad I had forgotten what was in the trailer. So many of the great moments in the movie are ruined in that trailer. So don't watch the trailer, people. Skip the trailer. For the love of God, don't do it. Okay. Yeah, I I mean, I didn't watch it before. I think by, by the time I had rented it, I had forgotten the trailer, but just remembered, like, oh, that's the time loop slasher film. I'll, I'll, I'll give that a try. Yeah, yeah. So I was really glad that I, again, like I said, when I, whenever I first saw the commercial of the trailers, I, I remember the name of the movie, but I forgot everything else I saw. And so watching the movie was was very fresh, and and everything was like, oh, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm jumping at this stuff. I'm ju- you know I'm following along, and everything seemed very new to me. But yeah, when I watched the trailer before we recorded today, I was like, oh my god, thank God I did not watch this first, or I would have been really annoyed watching the movie. That was like they showed everything. They showed some <laughs> of the best kills. They showed some of the some of the mystery stuff. I was just like, what are you doing? You're giving away the whole thing for free. It's no good. Don't do it. Don't watch the trailer. And horror movies that have trailers like this, I feel like it's a bad sign. <laughs> I feel like it's a bad sign. But luckily for this movie, and I'm, I'm going to say it right now before we start talking about the specifics of, of the of the stories, of the plot, I really had a fun time with this flick. I, really, I did really, really enjoy it. Uh, I've been telling people about it to check it out, go back and check it out. It's it's a lot of fun. It's I think the, what I sort of, the way I sort of described it was and you can laugh at me for this all you want. I get it. Um, but it's like a feel-good horror movie. Does that make sense? It, it is definitely that. It is slasher movie light. <laughs> yeah. It, it is PG-13. So, you know, you don't get a ton of gore in this one. Right. I mean, plenty of deaths, though. <laughs> a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people die, one of them over and over and over again. But, yeah, yes. you, you see a lot of killings. But, yeah, they, they do skip the gore. And yeah. it's, it's one of a handful of, of rated uh, rated PG thirteen horror films that exist nowadays, uh, but but to me I didn't I don't even think I realized that until after I finished watching it and I was like oh yeah I guess that was rated PG thirteen and I it did not detract from my enjoyment of it. Yeah, I didn't even look at the rating. So yeah, there you go. All right, so as the movie as we open our movie, uh, another element of this that I really liked is we start the day with our main character with Tree Gelbman. As she is waking up from a night of excessive drinking in a random dude's bed in a dorm room at her university. We get to go on the journey with her as she's experiencing her day and then eventually her death and then eventually it all starts over again. 
Right. I really liked the way this opened up. I liked the way that we get to go through her day. And I love the fact that at the beginning of this movie, you hate Tree Gelbman. She's awful. Yeah, she's not a she's not a likable character. She's not a good person. No, a bad person with with uh, uh, just horribly mean things to say to anyone. Uh, the just the reaction she has to the person whose room she wakes up in uh, to Carter, uh, her initial reactions to him, just the assumption that he took advantage of her during during over the night, the the whole situation. It's it. She's just so mean and so awful. The looks she gives the people as she's walking out the dorm on her walk of shame, the whole yeah. the whole situation. And then she goes to her her sorority house, and you find out she's in a sorority with just more awful people. <laughs> Somehow, even more awful people. Somehow, even more awful people. And so, as as sort of the day plays out, and you, and you see like sort of these these pivotal moments in the day that will be repeated in the loop. By the time you get to, and again, more importantly, like the react, the interactions she has with these characters, and again, more of that that nastiness, that that sort of awfulness of Tree Gelbman. By the time the killer shows up, you're like, oh my god, I can't wait for this chick to die. <laughs> like you're kind of waiting for it. You're like, please kill her. She's awful. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're okay. Maybe rooting for the killer is like the wrong thing, but like you does. It's, this is not a good person. This is the kind of person who dies in the horror movies. Right. Right. This yeah. is this is like the typical awful person that 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 Jason or Freddy's gonna slice open and dance with their entrails, you know. Right. And and so I really liked that part of the, of the of the of the film overall. What else I really liked was, again, once she dies, it's time for the day to start over again. So she's waking up, her alarm's going off. She wakes up in that dorm room with that guy again, and it all kind of starts over again. I really like the way they puzzle it out with the way that. Yeah, again, we're we're along for the ride with her as she started kind of, kind of like trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Like, she, you know, again, I think that second time she wakes up, it's uh, um, what it was. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, she kind of writes it off as deja vu, right? Right. You know, More or less. I don't know. What did you What did you think about the way that we kind of enter this movie and the way that that we kind of go through the day and then we have to go through the day again? And and the way oh. she's processing it, I guess, is what I want to know. No, I I. I think it's it's good. I, I think it's very accurate to, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say, well, that's how someone would would feel in that situation, um, but it's very credible, I think. So one of my favorite parts during this sequence, as as tree as as we're meeting tree, as we're getting to know tree through these different days, is now they're starting to repeat themselves. What I really liked. What I thought was a really nice touch, and this is, I, I, it's not an innovative technique. It's not anything earth shattering. I just thought it was a really smart, deft touch that, that, that Christopher Landon did as the director of this movie. That while she doesn't really quite know what's going on, and she start, and she's starting to think she's losing her mind, every time she wakes up and is leaving that dorm, the camera starts to shake a bit more and more as she becomes a bit more and more frantic. Mm-hmm. I love that. I thought that was a really nice touch for kind of capturing her like emotional state yeah <laughs> i mean do you, well I mean, I mean like like you said it's not you know it's not like some uh foreign technique that this is the first time we're seeing it you know no yeah. uh yeah exactly, yeah, like exactly. It, it, was, it was effective it, I, I i just thought it was one of those things like like a lazy director just would have kept it like you know steady cam follow the actor as they walk through here and have them try to like act the the confusion act the 
you know, disorientation over everything. But again, a small thing, and it just shows the director paying attention and kind of wanting to put the audience. I think that's the thing I like about that part so much is that the, I think she, I think, and again, tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like Landon's trying to put us kind of in Tree's shoes by making the camera do that and and feel her disorientation and 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 the the idea that she's losing her marbles. Yeah, I I, I think so. Yeah, again, and uh, I'm I'm already harping on it too much, but it's it just a nice little touch that I was like, oh, that's that's pretty uh, pretty smart filmmaking right there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Let's let's talk about the killer's mask for a minute, as as we, as we kind of like can put a pin in uh, a tree as she's you know trying to figure out what the hell's going on with her and why she keeps repeating the same day and why someone's trying to kill her on her birthday. Um, what did you think of the killer mask, like the giant like baby doll mask? Uh, and it's really silly and stupid, um, but at the same time a little bit creepy. So I th- I think it I think it embodies the the overall tone of the film and that it's it's a it's a silly lighthearted horror movie with you know just a little bit of creep factor yeah i i think it's 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 like it's, it's all the things you said but it's also sort of effective at the same time mm-hmm. it is an unsettling mask when you when you see it pop up behind you in a mirror in a dark room sure <laughs> yeah yeah so it it does it, it does what it's supposed to do and I, I again, I, th- I think it's another neat part of the of the film, since it's the mask of the college's mascot. There's a lot of characters who have it, and so they're able to use that as a as a fairly effective red herring for who might be the killer. Right. And I was but, I was going to ask if you felt the same way, if you felt like they were jerking you around. No, I I I liked it because they didn't they didn't really overdo it, mm-hmm. but it did bring up. My biggest problem with it for me was like, what fucking college sports team's mascot is a baby? <laughs> Not a very good one. Probably like Division Two A or something. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Bayfield Babies. That's that's the name of their team. I don't I don't think anybody would play on that team. I mean, maybe maybe they had to rebrand after using a uh, racially insensitive name before that, and that was what the the Students picked as a, uh, um, you know, kind of joke for the university. Well, I mean, their colors were kind of Redskins colors. Oh, hey, you can't say that anymore, Mark. <laughs> That's Washington football team colors, the WFT. But we're talking about it in context. <laughs> That's just a little uh, uh, shout out for our uh, DC friends. <laughs> DC friends, yeah. Um. <laughs> Where was I? I had lost track of. <laughs> you threw me off of that one, Mark. Good job. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So again, we're we're getting just you know, Tree is getting killed. All these different scenarios. She's getting a little bit further into her day. She she starts to kind of figure out what's going on here, right? Like she's trying to figure out like why is she dying? What's going on? We don't get a lot of explanation. Like I said, we don't know the mechanics of what why and what's happening. Carter right. offers up the the explanation. Uh, uh, that it, because it's her birthday, it's like symbolic. So, her birthday, her death day, like there's there's some kind of causality or whatever with that, right? Right. That, and that's about the biggest explanation we get. Yeah. Now I've heard that they go into it a bit more in the sequel, but I have not watched that yet, so I cannot say. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. So. Okay, but I do plan to watch it soon. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. 
how much how much of of trees like cast of characters should we talk about? I mean, there's like her sorority sisters, there's her roommate, uh, there is obviously Carter. There's the the birthday party, the surprise birthday party going on. Are there any of these elements that you want to kind of dive into more deeply? I mean, not really. The the most important ones would probably be Danielle, the head sorority sister, mm-hmm. um, and obviously her affair with her teacher. Yes, she's having a uh, an unwise and illicit sexual affair with a professor, a married man. Married man. And obviously her roommate. And the relationship with her roommate. She's not having sex with her roommate, though. Yeah. I mean, you know. I know. I'm just To each their own. <laughs> yes, but a very uh, strange relationship with her roommate. And like we said before at the beginning, uh, Tree's awful. She's a bad person in a bad place. But every time that she dies we start to get a little bit more of her story and we start to see that there's a reason why she is the way that she is. You know, particularly, I think we're all wondering every time her day starts over again, she's she's getting, you know, she has the alarm going off, she's getting a phone call from her father and she's, throughout her walk home, throughout her entire day, she's ducking that phone call from her dad and I think at a certain point we all start asking, like, what's the deal with the dad? Like, what's going on here? Uh, right. One of the times we get to see the video of her and her mom, her and her mom share the same birthday, and we find out eventually that her mom murdered. So that you start to get to understand why she's in the place that she's in. And Wait, did they say she was murdered? Yeah, I mean that's the yeah. I remember them saying that she died. No, that's why she knows about. That's why she when she sees tombs on the TV. We haven't talked about tombs yet. Okay. That's why she loses it when she sees tombs on the TV. And another clever little trick they did was um, at one point when she's like barricaded herself in her in her sorority room, in her bedroom in the sorority house, uh, and and the killer's messing around with the TV, and it cuts off right at one news report talking about tombs. Okay. So there's a nice little misdirect there. Okay. Yeah, they they don't come out explicitly and say it, but it's 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 very much implied, or not implied. It's very quickly mentioned when when they're at the diner scene, when she's having the diner scene with Carter. Yeah, and when, okay. she, when she's kind of like giving up, <laughs> when she's kind of like losing hope of ever figuring out who's killing her. Because, hey, Tom from the future here interrupting the podcast because I went back and I rewatched the scene, and I'm pretty sure I read way more into that scene than was meant to be. Uh, it, it, it's really just Tree connecting the dots on who is the one killing her, the serial killer who's in the hospital, a hospital in which she has been to and has seen the police officer outside the door. So that's just her connecting the dots. Nothing to do with her mother. I made that up. I was reaching for something that wasn't there. Sorry. She begins this this quest to figure out who's killing her, and she starts spying on all of her, all of her friends, every, anyone she's made angry. It's a really funny yep. scene. All the different times she's she's like spying on people, and then the the killer comes up behind her and just does something awful to end her life and make her start all over again. Yeah, it was um, it was a little bit. That scene was a little bit too silly. I thought they took it, they took the silliness a little too far, and with that that horrible Demi Lovato song over it, just <laughs> just stop. 
Um, but yeah, oh, you know, the idea of it was fun, and some of the execution was was fun. Well, and it's also the first time you start to see like cracks in in who Tree is as a person. That the the tree that we met at the beginning of the movie is has very much been shaped by the death of her mother, the strange relationship with her father, you know, and she's made these these choices. And at one point, she even says, I think she says it to Carter that like, her mom would not be proud of the person she became after her death. And right. through all these different deaths, trees having this uh, this experience of of being able to look at herself more closely. I mean, look at all these. She has this an incredible list of suspects who want to kill her. <laughs> like all viably want her dead and she has to kind right. of examine that she's forced to confront that and examine that every time she wakes up again it, it's a it's a really interesting way to for to for, for, for a person to go through a, a self-help and self-healing and, and self-improvement just by dying over and over again and never figuring out exactly which person which person you pissed off is the one who's killing you right i mean you know similar growth from bill murray and in Groundhog's Day. Oh yeah, no, no, the the echoes of of that film in in this movie, I think, are very, very strong. What I liked about this, and I, I think I meant to, meant to sort of mention, I like how we start our day with Tree in the day. You know, in, in Groundhog Day, you get a lot of like leading up to getting to Paxitani, and and kind of you know that's kind of how you see who he is. Right. I like I like how we see Tree on this first day when she doesn't know that it's looped over yet. Yeah, she doesn't know that it's going to loop over on her. We just see her. And her full awfulness. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a good way to start it to just kind of uh, uh, jump in. Yeah, and I, I think it does a really nice job. Like I, I think again, I think I mentioned it. I I liked the audience sort of being in the same shoes as her. Yeah, no, we're with her from the very first minute. All right, I want to pause right here, Mark, and ask you a very important question. Oh, what are you drinking? <laughs> um. I'm drinking Allagash's Barrel and Bean Bourbon Barrel Aged Golden Ale, blended with cold brewed coffee, and it is a 9.6%. That's awesome. I like that beer, too. It's very good. <laughs> I'm having another Einstock. This is, uh, once again, I know I've had this on the show in the past, but I'm, once again, I'm having the, uh, the Icelandic Arctic Lager. It's just, uh, it's 4.7. That's why I'm going to have two of them, because it's just rad. It's a good one. It is a good one. It is a good one. Mark, did you have any particularly favorite deaths of Tree Geldman? Uh, I'm going to be honest. Most of the deaths in this, like, they don't really stand out to me. Um, but I think the obvious choice is uh, when she gets blown up in the police car. Yeah, that's a good, that's, that was my favorite one as well. But that's also, that's also uh, springs from a great sequence. Uh, at the hospital and her escaping from the hospital yes to to that confrontation uh, and I, I, I'm sure we're going to talk about that sequence a little bit more because of one of the next things I want to bring up but but uh, one of the things I did like about that in particular um, oh I'm sorry what, not about that in particular but one of the things I was going to say was uh, I had re- I've read that initially like in the original screenplay from Scott Lobdell that uh, apparently the deaths were supposed to be like far more grisly and far more graphic, but but Christopher Landon is the one who decided like no 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 we're not going to do that we're, this is not going to be that kind of movie. And I'm wondering what if you had a, any any opinions on that or thoughts on hearing that. I mean it, it makes sense. Um, you know I don't know what Lobdell's 
original screenplay was like. I mean, maybe he made a more straight up honest kind of horror movie and then Landon comes along and he wants a lighter tone overall. So if you want that, obviously, like, you know, I don't think you're going to have your your protagonist going through just these grisly, unbearable deaths every time. That might be that might be a little hard for the audience and it might be again just, just kind of incongruous with the overall themes of, of the movie like it I, I it might just seem gratuitous at that point yeah I think I agree with you I I, I think um, if you're putting a lot of emphasis on the ways in which tree is getting killed and and you know trying to like I don't know one up them every single time she gets killed uh, I think it's taken away from her story and and sort of like her uh, improvement slash development into a better person and character, right? Like if if you're just waiting for the next time to get see for her to get killed so you can see which way the way in which she dies, it, it's probably distracting, right? From a narrative perspective, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, and like it, it would be confusing for the audience because you're you're rooting for her but you're also rooting for her kills right and it's sort of you know yeah it's sort of like what happened ultimately with with both the friday the 13th and jason movies or i'm sorry friday the 13th and freddy movies uh, you know where it was like you stopped caring about the characters because you wanted to see jason and freddy kill everybody and like the different ways in which they would do it right so i, I think they would they didn't want to sort of trivialize her deaths you know, she had to sort of be making progress with the mystery and with sort of resolving the fact that she's not a great person and she needs to get better. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But I thought that I thought that was really an interesting uh, thing when I read that. And but by far the 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 um the the exploding death in the police car was yeah. so so good. Now before that sequence though, one of my favorite another one of my favorite aspects of this movie that we haven't talked about enough. And I kind of sort of think they didn't do enough with, but the fact that it was in there, I was, I was, I really liked. And that was the fact that it seemed like tree was having, um, you know, sort of had like infinite lives, like, you know, just could kind of keep going and keep going and keep going, except we start to see, and then eventually it's confirmed for us, but she's taking damage every time she dies. And I really like that aspect of it. I liked that aspect. Like, I liked that they introduced that, but I don't think they did enough with it. And I felt like they just kind of... I, I don't think they forgot about it, but I think they just dropped it. it, 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 it it's, it's one of the, the few problems I have with, with the story, actually, is that... They introduce that to introduce sort of a, a ticking clock element. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But one, it doesn't really work as a ticking clock because we don't know how many lives she has. And two, I, I never felt like I saw her getting weaker or taking damage. She just wakes up that one morning and she has stomach pains and ends up in the hospital. And that's that's like the first time that that happens. And it's also the last time. That well, that and well, don't forget when she gets ki uh, killed with the baseball bat, and she wakes up concussed, basically, and and is not the same tree that we saw in prior. Uh, um, was she, I mean, she woke up with a headache. I mean, was she concussed? I that was the impression I got. I mean, she took a bat to the head. 
Well, sure. But, I mean, we, we don't know the... At that point, I mean, you know, we don't really know the extent to which she she's being affected. And, you know, I don't know if... I, don't know, I thought she was. A I don't more... know enough about concussions to say that she was or wasn't acting like a concussed person. Well, yeah, and in the remainder of that day, you know what I mean. Sure, like, but she was definitely it seemed like... like she would wake up and kind of get over it. I after the I, I don't know that particular day when she after she wakes up from the the baseball bat, she seemed sluggish and off for that entire day until her next death. I'm trying to remember which day that was. I so, so I am I. I'm trying to I'm trying to recall if that was. Which if if mm, I'm a little I'm a little mixed up on that too, but I, I remember I think, thinking at various points is like she's not herself right now; she's taking damage, and then it's later confirmed. I think on the next death or later that day, I don't remember. That's the problem. I'm a little fuzzy on that. But I, yeah, I guess I, honestly, I, I I wasn't I wasn't thinking that. I, I I felt like like yes, there were lingering effects, like the effect of the hangover that she wakes up with on the first day. Mm-hmm. But that then she just kind of quickly gets over it. And that her sluggishness to me just always seemed like, uh, you know, just tired and, and fed up with the whole situation. Yeah, I guess it could, I guess it could be, uh, hey, that's, hey, that's, you have to, that's a perspective on it for sure. That, that could be easily be the case. I might be looking for things that aren't there. Like, I, I, I felt like, and I mean, I'm, you know, obviously they, they went with the route that she's taking physical damage. So maybe that is what it was supposed to be. But to me, it always seemed like it was the, the, the psychological effects of being in the time loop and being murdered over and over again. That was, that was taking more of a toll on her than anything else. And that could easily be the case. Uh, But we already sort of talked about this. There's a, there's a sequence with her and Carter at the hospital. They're having a nice time chatting. And that's when she sees the news report about, the, the serial killer tombs and she freaks out when she sees it and that was where i was like oh well that's who killed her mom right that's what they're saying there because that's when he takes off or is that just her connecting the dots to her own deaths i uh, i we, felt like it was her just connecting the dots to, to okay so so, ma- so maybe i made up that part but that, for me that was what made it more personal was that like, oh, i mean maybe who killed her mom but maybe I need to. Maybe I, <laughs> sometimes that's the problem when you when you've only watched the movie once before you talk about it on the podcast. Is like maybe you should watch this a couple of scenes more times. I did. I was wrong. I admitted it. Sorry. But but I do feel like if if it was the guy who killed her mother, I I feel like things like the tone would have changed a little bit more, and there would have been a bit more of a revenge element played up or or not even revenge but just like getting justice not only for herself but for her mother and they don't ever really play into that i'm not saying you're wrong i'm wondering if that's just something i missed so yeah it's funny I, i'm asking myself the same question from your perspective i'm like huh did i did i see too much there that I, that wasn't supposed to be there but like her reaction to me is what sold that as like uh, and what the news person said too about how like you know six females you know late you know were dead from this guy's hand and it seemed like Tree's mother passing was fairly recent, and so that it was that was three years ago, I think they said something like that. Yeah, and so this Tombs guy is now in the hospital, and then she's like, "This is who's killing me. He's coming to get me next, or something," yeah. along those lines. And I, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I think it was also supposed to be a twist because prior to that, we were going with the idea that like, oh, it's someone close to you, it's someone you know who wants to kill you, and then it's like. 
the reveal, oh no, actually it's just this random guy who happens to be in town in the hospital at the same time making it seem more random. And maybe and maybe I'm just like transferring other horror movie kind of things onto it, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> like oh, it's the guy who killed my mom. Now I she's killing me too. And yeah, maybe it just follows like too many horror movie conventions, so I just bought into it. Well, the movie definitely takes some some cues from Scream, and and that's that is an element of Scream, so. right? But that sets off the sequence at the hospital where she's going there. She's trying to stop him from being able to get out because that'll save her. But it ends up, you know, the great sequence in the parking garage. Her get her driving, getting away. She's driving away. She's now she's not going to get killed. She's going to make it out of this day, right? And that's when you get this the sequence with the police. And then yeah. that person, tra- the, the the killer tracks her down. She's stuck in the back of a police car. The gasoline's pouring out all over the place. And yeah. You, and then you get the birthday candle, which is another clue that we're being misdirected again. But for yeah, the clue, clue as to who it was. And, and it was funny. I it, Enough time had passed from, uh, from when I, um, from when I first saw it in, in this last view that I, I remembered who the killer was, but I, I also remembered tombs being more of a, a part of it. So I was thinking that it, it was, it was tombs chasing after her in that sequence. I was like, he just happens to have a birthday candle. Yeah. You know, but obviously that's not the case. No, it, be, it begins, but it begins this wonderful part of the, of the story where she's trying to stop tombs now. So the next yeah. time around, she goes and she has a plan and she's going to get him. Uh, but Carter comes to help her and he gets killed in the process. So when she has a chance to kill Tombs, and because she's been falling in love with Carter this entire time as she dies over and over again, and he's the only one who believes her and is trying to help her, um, yeah. she decides that she has to die so she can go back and make sure that Carter lives, which I thought was really yeah. nice. So she jumps off the, she, you know, she does the classic hanging herself. And, and I loved her line to Tombs on her way down. See you soon, asshole. Thought that was perfect. Yeah, that was good. I really, I really liked it. And so then you get Tree fired up, come together with a whole big old plan, lives the perfect day, right? You get like it's that Bill Murray moment where she just goes around, she's correcting everything, helping the people that she's seen have all these bad things happen to them. And you, it's, it's the only thing I love this sequence so much because it's it echoes of Groundhog's Day, right? Yeah, but you're you're, you're you got to be thinking in the back of your head. It's like it's a horror movie. It's not going to be this fucking easy, is it? Yeah, that and <laughs> and I'm thinking that and another horrible song. <laughs> you and the songs in this movie, not fan. Oh man, me th- yeah this this younger generation's music and me do do not click. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. This and this is you know again this is the perfect day. This is we think everything's going to wrap up. She stops tombs. Carter's alive. They go out and celebrate her birthday. She blows off her party because those aren't her real friends. And, and get, Tree's a good person. She, we like her now. We're happy that yes. she's done this. She's like solved her her murder. She seems to have found a nice guy to spend time with. All this good stuff. She's repaired a relationship with her dad in, in, on this perfect day too. And so we yeah. get to see more of that that relationship connect together. Everything goes right until she eats the cupcake that her roommate made for her. And then we wake up and we do it again, and she figures out that it was her roommate all along who was trying to kill her. Yes. Good reveal? Bad reveal? 
Oh, great review. I loved it. I was such a fan yeah. of it. And it could, because mostly because like at the beginning of the movie, I was like, I, I sort of had this thought as like, oh, the roommate hates her so much. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's it, it like it's pretty obvious. But the movie does a really good job of getting you to kind of forget about that character and just kind of see her as another her line when Tree first walks in into their into their room at the sorority, her line, which is like, and she finally rolls in or something like that, to just the movie does a good job of getting you to see her as just like one of those markers to indicate that this is the same day. Right. And and another thing I like about it because it, it, it's, it's again it's one of those things that clicks all of a sudden like you see the you know, again you you like you mentioned it before you've kind of forgot about the candle but you're like no. oh duh the candle from the cupcake that's what she drops on the th- uh, you know to blow her up in the in the cop car and yeah. you get all these all these things kind of fall into place and like oh and she was the one who was cutting Tombs loose like because you're like how was Tombs getting out of the hospital thing right. Right. She was, she is, is like a medical student at and so she's at the hospital. There's a, a key scene towards the beginning. I, I think it's in the in the first bad day, uh, where yes. she's going to the hospital to see her teacher lover man, and yes. she encounters a roommate and and they have an exchange and and again it turns out to be foreshadowing, but you don't know at the time. It's it's I I, I think fairly well done. Yeah, I, I think it's very well done. But again, everything starts to click once once she wakes up again and she realizes it was the goddamn cupcake that she was supposed to eat. Because it's yeah. the only thing she hadn't done before. She'd always thrown the cupcake away or not eaten it or left before it was even offered to her. And and you, you would see the roommate a couple times be like, oh, she never even ate the cupcake. And, yeah. you know, realizing that line now has so much more significance to it. Well, well, it's also funny because watching it this the second time, you know, kind of knowing that, that that's what it is, is um, like on the second day, uh, the her, her her second day, she she is about to eat the cupcake at night and she's just like painting her toenails watching tv or whatever and it's 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 one of those things that you see in the movie where it's like you know the the drink is poisoned or whatever and someone's just like waiting for them to to drink it and they never do and it it's kind of one of those moments but but it's cleverly done cuz you don't really realize it and so again it's one of those things that that you forget about and that, i i feel like that's one of those things you notice like on 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 a repeat view. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And that's why I wanted to know why I'm actually really, really looking forward to watching it again. I had, I had hoped to have time to watch it one more time before we did the show. I obviously did not have that time. Um, but yeah, I, I think this movie will be a lot of fun to go back and rewatch and, and, and kind of see how it lines up and, and where, you know, you know, again, it's a movie full of, you know, it has a few red herrings to make you think one thing with, you know, as you're building up that mystery. Uh, it, it, there's a few Mister X, but there's a there's a good amount of clues too that 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 help you know point you in the right direction the entire time. Yeah, but they do they do a wonderful job of of, of taking you on a, on this fun ride for you know for I guess lack of a better word, it, it, it's 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 kind of a romp in a sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Tree is able to get the upper hand, shoves a cupcake in her roommate's mouth, and then kicks her out a window. Which I didn't think that window was as high up as it was, but the, her roommate landed hard. <laughs> you know, you know, she the 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 force of the kick, and you know, she, she maybe she landed on her head, right on her dome. That's the only thing that makes any sense. Yeah, and and that is basically how our movie ends because a, a Tree sort of succumbs to her injuries, is in the hospital. We get the the whole thing with the with the dad and Carter, but it's the next day. She's made it to the next day. Yes. And it's the happy, happy ending, right? Yep. 
Except, Mark, there's an alternate ending. Yes. What? And apparently this alternate ending during test screenings enraged the audience so much that they changed it. I can understand why. <laughs> can you can you sort of uh, uh, summarize the alternate ending as, as Tree wakes up in the hospital? Yeah, sure. I mean, she wakes up in the hospital. Her dad and Carter are there, and they tell her that it's Tuesday the 19th because the day that she was reliving was Monday the 18th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she has confirmation that she got out of it. Her doctor comes in, uh, tells her he can't offer any medication for the pain because it might have an adverse effect on her. The doctor, Carter, and and, and the dad leave. And then a mysterious nurse comes in who we kind of recognize. And uh, she starts putting something in Tree's IV. The nurse takes off her mask. It's revealed that it is her 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 teacher lover's wife. That's yeah. it. She says, says to her, "Did you think you'd get away with fucking my husband?" Yep. And then tree dies. Tree dies. <laughs> and like I said, test audiences around the world raged apparently so much so that they're like, "Oh, we need a new ending." <laughs> yeah, like I mean, a part of me. Like, I, I like that ending in the sense of I like the idea of it, but it definitely takes away from the movie. Like, it, it like it's not just a buzzkill, you know? It's just, you know, you, we've been with this character now through all this, through all these trials, and we've seen her grow as a person. And, yeah, you you want to see her live and that, that there was some point or reason for all of her efforts and it's very dissatisfying if uh if that reason is just so that she can be killed by her her lover's wife yeah yeah exactly and it it would completely i would not be able to call it the, a feel-good horror movie anymore at that point which i really like saying that so <laughs> right now I'm, I'm glad it's not the real ending yeah and and you know that said it sounds like maybe Scott Lobdell, Lobdell, however you say it, sounds like maybe he had a, a bleaker vision for this originally. And if that was the case, then, then maybe that ending would have been more appropriate. But because they went with a lighter tone, I definitely, it, it, it definitely doesn't, doesn't feel right. At, 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 that alternate ending does not feel right at the, at the end of this. Right. And, you know, if, if it had gone differently for Tree, like if, if, uh, if she didn't change and grow and, and learn about herself and how awful she's been and, and tries to go back to being the person that she used to be, you know, if she, or, or, or if she's just like, once she makes it to the day, turns back into a, a total monster, awful person, then maybe, then maybe you more, you're more accepting of that ending. But you just went on this journey with this character who, who, it's, it's a strong, choice of words but like kind of sort of like goes through a self-healing process and and comes out the other side a better person for it to have have that person then because you want a, a, a cool twist ending have her life snuffed out by a, a vengeful wife uh yeah it seems it seems uh, uh like yeah. that's unnecessary <laughs> yeah and, and especially when you know during that sequence where we see tree trying to put things right you know she ends her affair with that teacher Mm -hmm. 
But again, you that's know. that's during her perfect day, which doesn't happen. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. No, it doesn't happen. But the emotional growth for the character is what happens. Right, right, right. So, yeah, and the other interesting part, and I, I suspect this is this is a, a big part of, of the second movie. But because the perfect day didn't happen and doesn't go according to plan, uh, Tombs is still alive. Right. So I'm, I'm assuming that is part of the plot for for the next film. Okay. But I'm I'm guessing at this point. Like I said, I want to watch it, but I, I've I'm not going to watch a damn trailer for it after seeing how much of the the movie the the first one gave away. Yeah, I I saw the trailer for it. Um, you know, and it just kind of looked like more of the same, but still fun. You know, one of those things. It's the same thing, but different. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, looked fun. I I think I just remember thinking I can't believe they made a sequel to this. But. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of to, to me if, if again it's a horror movie I should know better, but it does kind of feel like a perfect one-off movie, right? Yeah, like like, like stay it wrapped up here, be done with it. Let's let's move on with our lives. Well, I mean, look, if you have an original idea, then by all means, go for it. Yeah, and again, we haven't seen the sequel yet, so we can't say. But uh, you yeah. know, perhaps we will watch it again and come back. And reconvene for another episode of the, of the podcast to talk about it. If especially if we, you know, whether we like it or hate it, we might have to do it just for funsies. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was really delighted with this movie. I had so much fun watching it. Uh, I was way more. It, it held my attention way more than I expected it to. I really thought at certain points like I would drift off and like start looking at my phone or whatever like that. And the only time I I paused the movie uh, to look at my phone was I was like I was really curious about Jessica Roth. I was like, who is this, this woman? I've seen her. She, she looks so familiar. Uh, but I, again, I looked at her IMDb and I really couldn't, nothing clicked with something I'd seen before. Uh, I, but I, but I really liked her and her performance in this movie. I thought uh, again, for an act, for an actor that I'm not uber familiar with, I think she carries this movie really, really well in her shoulders. Yeah. That's all you got to say about her. I mean, pretty much. I, I think he covered it. You, you know, she she was good. I, I I haven't seen her in anything before, as far as I know, and I don't think I've seen her in anything since. But the movie definitely relies on on her to carry it, and she does carry it. It wouldn't it it wouldn't work, and I don't think we'd be here talking about it if she didn't. Yeah, and and, and again, I, I again the, the I, I, her performance I think is just a really driving force for the flick because again, you hate her at the beginning of the movie, but you're really rooting for her by the end. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard balance to pull off sometimes. Yeah. You know, you know, and and, and, you give her, you you give them the, the sad story about the mother and stuff like that. So, well, again, you still have to be a a talented performer. And again, it it helps to have a good cast and crew around you. Uh, Landon seems like a really capable director. I was really, uh, Again, he doesn't do anything revolutionary, but uh, he handles everything pretty deftly, and and there's, yeah, that's a good that's a good thing. It's a good quality. He seems like a very capable storyteller. Yeah, and again, I I, um, I don't want to pick on Scott Laudale, but a, a credit to him as well is that this is probably better than almost any X Men comic he wrote, except for maybe Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I I don't really remember his comics. I I think you know. My only issue with the movie script-wise was I I thought they should have done more with the her taking damage. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked that too. I, I'm with you on that. I think that would have been a really it, interesting aspect to follow up on. 
once they confirm it, like once they have the doctors actually say it to her, um, they they really needed to follow up on it to make it, to to make it feel like any one of these days could be her last. But yeah. that that kind of suspense just it it just wasn't there. I think that's the only problem though with the screenplay. I think otherwise it was it's it's very tightly written. Yeah, I think you're right, and and so I, I sort of thought of the uh, I was sort of toying with it with a with like oh I wonder if it would have been interesting to have like a like a like a like a counter kind of counting down all of her deaths or something like that. But it's like that would have been that wouldn't have worked because a you would have, you would have had to figure out a way for the character to find out how many lives they had, and then b like you know by the time he has to want to the last life that's when everything's gonna go right. So it's very anticlimactic to do that anyways. And I, but I, I and maybe that was part of the problem with the whole damage thing is like, well, how are we going to convey the fact that this could be the last one? You know, like this could be her last right. time. Like it's yeah. not much of a movie if all of a sudden it just ends because she doesn't wake up again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, though apparently, uh, her, her death count is in total by the end of the film is 17 times. Yeah. I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was, I, I don't know. I felt like it should have been more, but, Maybe that's just, oh, and is it is it her 18th birthday? She's in college. So yeah, she's in college. So. I mean, yeah, she must have had a few more. Like, so it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like one life for every year or something like that. I guess. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I was thinking that as well. But I, I, no, I feel like she's definitely 20 or older. Yeah, I mean, I I want to I want to believe that she's drinking legally, but I could be mistaken about that. <laughs> I mean, college, college in 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 Louisiana, no less. I'm sure they weren't carting. Right. Oh man. Uh, yes. I, I, again, I, th- I think we're. I think we're pretty much done talking about the movie. I. I really like this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a kind of horror movie. Uh, again, it, it. It's a horror movie, but it's. It's like not a hardcore horror movie. Anyone can watch this, even if you're a big scaredy cat like me, and you're not going to have nightmares. You're going to have a fun time. I highly recommend this movie to people. Do you? Do you feel the same? I would I wouldn't highly recommend it, but I recommend it. I, I I think it's solid. I think it's fun. I I will say I didn't have as much fun watching it the second time. Like I I still enjoyed it, but it was just kind of like okay, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've I've seen it. That's fair. That's fair. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. I appreciate you watching it a second time. Um, I, and mostly because I think you really want to do freaky, so I think you're really excited to get to that one. I wouldn't say I really want to do freaking. Uh, I I'm I'm I want to see it. It looks silly and absurd. So. More more importantly, do you want to get freaky? No. <laughs> Perfect answer. I appreciate that. Wow. Uh, one. Did, did you have any? So, you know, we get the reveal that the that the roommate Lori is the killer, mm-hmm. and that it's been Lori killing her each time in all of her deaths. It, I, I don't know how they shot the film. I don't know if they put that actress in, in some kind of bodysuit or something, but it felt like a little bit of a cheat because it, it seemed like the killer that we were seeing murder her just did not have the same body type as Lori. Um, that's a possibility. I feel like they, they, they dressed the killer in an intentionally sort of a... a baggy clothes yeah i was trying to think of a better word than just baggy clothes but you know not anything like form fitting so you you wouldn't be able to tell gender as easily yeah like puffy 
but yeah, yeah, puffy. You know, like like baggy, you know, baggy jean, baggy pants, and a, a big hooded sweatshirt. So you know, again, to kind of like mask gender as as we're kind of going through the mystery part. Which yeah. I I did really like the uh, when she's fighting with her sorority sister because she because he decides that that's who's killing her and they get in that fight and they get hit by the bus together. Yeah, that was that's one, fun. That was a fun good death. There, there's I, a, I, go I ahead. will say though that I I after that I felt like Tree took Danielle off her suspect le- list too soon. Like that fight wasn't really resolved. You, you might be right about that. Okay. Do you have any? That's it. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that fight wasn't really resolved, so I feel like just because she wakes up after they both get hit and killed by the bus, that doesn't. I don't think that would that would mean that oh Danielle isn't my killer. I like if I was in that situation, I would think, damn, I should have handled myself better. I'm gonna watch Danielle more closely. I did really like the 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 exchange uh, when the roommates are fighting when when the big reveals happened and she's confronting the roommate whose name I mm-hmm. cannot remember I'm so sorry. I want to say Lori. Lori, it was Lori. Okay, and and we find out the reason why she wants to kill her. You stupid little whore! I know I've been a bad roommate, but isn't this a bit much? What the hell? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because you wouldn't stop sleeping with him. Gregory? I just kept choosing you over me. Guess all he wanted was a cheap slut like you. You've been killing me over some stupid guy? Uh, yes. I, I, la- I laughed a lot, especially t- with, uh, with Tree's response to it. <laughs> it's, it's Tree's response that, that sells it because you're like, oh, that's why this is happening. But, but then Tree... Is sort of the voice of the audience yeah. at that point. It, it, she's yeah. just so incredulous that, that that of all the reasons of all the things yes. that Tree could have done to her is the reason why she's trying to kill her. I I, I laughed pretty hard at that. It was it was really funny. Her reaction, right. her, the way she delivers the line, is just uh, so priceless. Yeah, big fan of that. I will probably include that sound clip in this review. Cannot wait. There, there you go. <laughs> um. I think the other thing I had there was one other theory that I was sort of playing with as I watched the movie, and I, I sort of wondered if they might be going in that direction. But at a certain point in this movie, I wondered if there was multiple people trying to kill her, and that was going to be the reason why she couldn't solve the problem is because every time she'd find every time she would catch one person trying to kill her, there would be another one there to kill her. Yeah, because like it seemed like there was quite a, a list of quality suspects. Yeah. I... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Were they really quality suspects? I don't know. Well, I mean, she made a lot of people upset. I'll put it that way. Yeah, she made a lot of people upset, but to make people, I don't know, to make people so upset they want to kill you. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, and them changing the ending from the original ending of the, of the, of the professor's wife killing her, um, it, yeah. did, it did sort of leave something dangling a little bit because uh, that scene where the wife awkwardly comes into. Uh, her husband's office and, and tree is there with him. Like yeah. you, de- you definitely sort of pick up a vibe from that scene. And, and so now, oh, yeah. now it doesn't pay off, which I see why. And I'm okay with it. it, it it's fine. But yeah, I mean, th- like I said, there were, there was definitely some, some uh, dropped plot threads, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's not flawless, but it's a fun time. Yeah. 
And I think I've gotten everything out of my system <laughs> to talk about in this movie. How about you? Oh, I was just going to say that, so, you know, the movie ends with a conversation between Tree and Carter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a diner. Ah, and the Groundhog Day he conversation. Fi- he finally brings up Groundhog's Day. Yes, yes. I think it was a, and maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I think it was a mistake to bring up Groundhog's If you're going to bring up Groundhog's Day, I feel like they should have brought it up sooner. Like, I feel like that scene when she first tells Carter about the time loop, I feel like it's then and there that Carter should, like, Carter should have been like, oh, this is like Groundhog's Day to kind of help explain things to her. Right, but um, as she as she tells us at that dinner scene, as the camera's pulling away and it's beginning to fade to black, she's completely unfamiliar with the movie. Yeah, but who's unfamiliar with Groundhog's Day? I, you know, I don't understand young people, so I'm gonna so, I'm gonna say young people don't know Groundhog's Day. And and so I like I I think I I feel like you either bring it up sooner or don't bring it up at all, and this is just a world where Groundhog's Day is not a movie. My opinion. I understand. I just saying. I mean, I have a friend who's a young person and uh, had never seen a Marvel movie until recently. So, well, good for them. (laughs) Just you know, young people like they they view content differently than than us. You know, I I mean, I would think young, but I mean that's surprising. I feel like most young people have seen a Marvel film. You know, yeah, most. But you know, maybe 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 Tree's not a fan of Bill Murray comedies. Another reason. Why she should die. Well, now we know who's in a hunter down in, in the in the third movie, Mark. <laughs> oh. But uh, probably not going to use that baby face mask. Not going to be your cup of tea. No, definitely not. What is... Okay, this is all completely off topic. We're, we're, I think we're done talking about the movie now, but what is your favorite masked horror movie guy? Is I it, mean, is it just Jason that. with the hockey mask, or do you? Jason you know, with the hockey mask. All right, you don't care about Michael Myers's painted uh, Captain Kirk face. Look, I love Captain Kirk, and I, I love the fact that it's a painted Captain Kirk face. But I don't think it's actually a painted Captain Kirk face anymore. <laughs> no, I think it's become its own thing now. Yeah, and um, um, you know, Jason, just like the the stoner in Freddy vs. Jason, not my favorite film, but. The stoner says it best. Dude, that goalie was pissed about something. <laughs> I forgot about that line. <laughs> you know, you incorporate horror and hockey, you put them together. I love it. Oh my god, what if what if Jason was really just Jacques Plante? Just a really pissed off French Canadian dude. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good. I'd watch that movie. Twist. <laughs> oh, I think we just started a new Jason franchise. There it is, it's gonna be huge in Canada. Well, good luck, because uh, apparently Friday the Thirteenth and Jason Voorhees are 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 in rights hell right now. I have heard this. Yeah, and uh, one we you know one movie that we will only talk about in jest on this podcast is the uh, the the Friday the Thirteenth um, reboot with your boy Jared Padalecki. Okay, what about it? It's terrible. It's just so bad. It's terrible, but there's some there's some good ideas in it. <laughs> The best idea was it for it only to be an hour and a half. I was like, oh, thank God it's over. You know, I like I the like in the you know in, in the first fifteen or twenty minutes of that film, it's just Jason taking out like a small group of campers, and um, I felt like that first 20, 20 minutes had a lot of energy to it that I liked, and there was one kill 
And I rewatched those first 20 minutes recently to kind of see that kill again. And it it's not, the execution is not very good, but the idea of it is great. How he, uh, he, he takes that girl and he, he traps her in the sleeping bag and he, he, he ties her up over, over a fire and like roasts her alive. I, I do remember like, that as a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that is a great idea for Friday the 13th kill, but Rewatching it, like yeah, the execution just just wasn't there. Well, and, and again, that sort of goes back to what we were talking about a little earlier in, in this episode. Was was you know at a certain point, the the kills became more important in in Freddy and Jason movies than the plot, and I, I think that movie suffers from a lot of that too. Like they wanted, they were really worried about being cool, and not so much worried about being uh, good storytellers. Yeah, they they were definitely worried about that, and, and kind of the, the the worst part of it was that I, I after that those opening twenty minutes, the rest of the kills are very uninspired. Right. They, they so they got like a hook, not a literal one, but they they kind of hook right. you with that first one, and then you're just yeah. I mean, I, and I guess that's probably the biggest offense you could say about that flick is it's just kind of boring. Yeah. It, it, yeah. But it was hey. like it was like a, it was like Jason was like CWized or something. Well, I mean, Jared Padalecki. Uh, yeah, uh, no. Well, I mean, you would but, think you would think Jared Padalecki would be a little bit more good at uh, killing supernatural villains, wink, wink. You know, so. <laughs> well, but he's he's you know he you know doesn't... they ought to they should have ought they should have ought Mark just had him mm-hmm. be Sam Winchester, just not call him Sam Winchester, but just have him be Sam Winchester, and it probably would have been way more enjoyable. Just him and Dean are on a break. <laughs> They're on a break. Yes, like Ross and Rachel, they're on a break. <laughs> well, because because at that same time, so so if 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 you remember that that film was, uh, it, it I think it was either during the writers' strike or or shortly after whatever it was, like everyone was kind of looking for work, and Jared Padalecki ended up in that, and um, uh, what Dean uh, Jensen Ackles ended up in My Bloody Valentine 3D. That's a so, yeah. That is a really good point. I forgot that Jensen did that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, as bad as that Friday the Thirteenth reboot is, that My Bloody Valentine oh, it's, is it's horrid. Shit. It's shit. Yeah, it's straight yeah. shit. <laughs> it's legitimate shit. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather watch my dog take a shit than watch that movie. No. <laughs> I mean, rather, your rather... dog taking a crap would be shorter. Yeah. Well, I'd rather watch my dog take a shit on that movie. How about that? I'll buy the DVD just to film it. I'm just to I'm film not, it. A piece of I'm not on. into this scatological <laughs> stuff. I, I don't know. Man. All right, fair enough. Mark's not into pooping on things. All right. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't know what kind of fun you're missing, bro. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and it was happy death day to you. And uh, thanks, thanks for hanging out and, and rewatching this one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't torture you with something that you didn't want to watch. Um, Me too. It's a fun, it's a fun flick. I, I think people should check it out. Again, if you're, if you're a hardcore horror enthusiast, uh, it may not be your cup of tea, but, but go, knowing that going, going into it, I think you'll have a fun time. You know, don't expect like the, the goriest of gore and the slasherest of all slasher movies. Uh, it's just a fun, fun time, and it's, it's a. a I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna get in dangerous ground here, but it's sort of a character-driven slasher movie. <laughs> like Tree Gelbman is an interesting character, and you want to see her progress and get better while she's solving this mystery and and trying to get out of the time loop. I yeah. really had a good time. 
yeah no she she definitely has an arc and and yeah just remember like it's it it's it's very light on the horror element yeah and again you know? and if you, again if you're like us and you don't care for jump scare movies you'll be fine <laughs> hey i like jump scare movies i just think they should be good right right this... like i i think you know the conjuring is a jump scare movie but i think the conjuring is a good movie i do too um, oh, I, you know what? I did want to. I did want to mention one scene. We didn't talk about it, but it's it's in her first. It's in Tree's first day, her first death. The tunnel scene, I think, is really really well done. Yeah, with the with the with like the little music thing and the creeper behind him and the flashing lights of the the construction uh, devices. I don't even know what the hell to call them. Yeah, but yeah, I, I really like that scene. I thought that was a, I thought that was a pretty good horror scene uh, for the way that it does the tension. Yes. And, I always think about like the logistics though. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like like she set that thing up in the tunnel, like right in the middle of the tunnel, and then she had to run around the other side and like she had to time that. Lori had to time that very perfectly. Oh yeah. No, there's always but there's always a lot of that in those those kind of horror flicks anyways. And yeah. again, just to, to a little bit more credit for Christopher Landon, I do think he did a really nice job with uh using the rooms that the characters were in that they were set in. You know, having the, car- the 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 killer appear behind her or in mirrors, I it's all stuff you know is coming. But again, just I thought really well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the The movie has um, it has a lot of energy to it. A lot of energy, a lot of fun, and and uh, again, I I I I think the 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 the, the team of, of of Christopher Landon, Scott Lovedale, and and particularly uh, Jessica Roth. I hope I'm saying her name right. Because it's R O T H E, so I'm saying Raphael. Oh, very fancy. But yeah. yeah, they they I think they take a lot of time to tell a, a story. It's a movie. With, it's a horror flick with narrative, and I, you don't see too much of that anymore. And I guess we should give credit, and maybe you don't want to give credit. So tell me if I've gone too far. Oh. But I want to give some credit to Bloomhouse because they're getting horror movies kind of back on track. I think they've done a lot of really good stuff over the years. You know, not, I mean, they've done some good set. Like, like Blumhouse is a studio that, you know, they do a Happy Death Day. They do Get Out, but then they also do like ten Truth or Dare movies. Right. No. And again, that's again. There, there's as many misses. Well, I shouldn't say as many misses or as there are hits, but they seem to understand. They seem to have a fundamental understanding of horror movies that, like, somebody over at Universal or Paramount has no fucking understanding of. Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. I mean, yeah, Blumhouse can keep making as many shitty horror movies as they want, so long as you know they continue to put out a good one here or there. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, I think a truly good horror movie is, is is hard to come by. They they don't. You get a lot of horror movies every year, and they're usually not very good. No, it's a disposable genre in a lot of senses. Unfortunately, but yeah, but when you get good ones, I mean, they do tend to stick around because, um, I you know I don't think at any point in our lives has Halloween been a more popular holiday, and, right. and people sit around and they watch these movies. I mean, I'll, I'll watch a horror movie any time of the year, but this yeah. is the only time of the year my wife will sit down and watch a horror movie with me. Ridiculous. And, and she wants, I know, but she's ready to watch horror movies all October long, and I'll, so I'll take what I can get. Right. <laughs> so yeah. that's cool. And 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 Blum Blumhouse Blumhouse did. Uh, they're the ones behind the the Halloween, the latest Halloween movies. So like, yeah, they, that's true. So they're kind of they're also have sort of taken on a role of of curating 
the classics in a, in a sense, which I think is is a, a compliment to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Who did? What was that? I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think who did the recent Invisible Man, which I I thought was I excellent. Think that, I thought that was Blumhouse too. Might, maybe. I think I think it was. Not yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I think I think uh, Universal like farmed that out to them. Yes, the Invisible Man was produced by Blumhouse, and yeah, so that's just really showing their uh, again good stuff from those guys. They're they're um, reliable. <laughs> they they you know again horror movies get cranked out, and there you know there's a lot that's disposable, but but Blumhouse seems to be cranking out the the the, the higher end quality ones more more often than not. Yeah. Um, I think A24 has done some good stuff too. I know they did they did The Witch, which I'm a very big fan of. I that that movie's actually grown on me. Uh, I wasn't crazy about it the first time I watched it, but I, I think it's because I I had a totally different movie in my head than what I got. Um, so that that movie took a little time to to kind of like sink its way into the the, the recesses of my brain. But it, it that movie is pretty darn uh, unique and special. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the best horror films to come out in recent memory. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I expected such a um, paced movie. You know what I mean? A slow, bleak film. Yeah, I mean, it's a real... Uh, 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 yeah, I, I, I can't describe it any better than that. I think you, you very much nailed it on that. It, yeah. was, it was not what I was expecting. And I mean, it's it's, 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 it's it's like a period horror piece where like the period is the horror. It's a big part of it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a like I said, it's one of those movies like I was not ready for the subtleties and the complexities of it when I first watched it. All right. It, it was one of those movies like as I kind of kept turning it over and over in my brain, where I really got to enjoy it more and more. Yeah. And uh, uh, Anna Taylor Joy is pretty awesome in it. Yeah, she's great. Again, another another uh, amazing actor who puts that movie on their shoulders and is just driven by their performance. If she was terrible in that movie, that movie does not hold up. Yeah, uh, I, I feel that. I, I think you could say that for just about everyone in that movie, though. No, I mean, there's a good cast in that movie, particularly the I forget the the actor who plays her father. Yeah, I mean, because he is that is an intimidating man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the father, like the kids, were good. Yeah. The, you know, the mother. Well, uh, the goats. The goats were awesome. Especially one in particular. One goat in particular steals the movie. That's right. You know who we're talking about, Black Phillip. I see you. No, wait, don't stand behind me, Black Phillip, you son of a bitch. Get down! All right, we gotta go, I'm getting scared. I don't, I don't... Did my camera just turn off, Mark? Can you see me? Call for help! No. <laughs> All right, well, if... if uh, Black... I'm with Black Phillip. Oh, shit. Oh, it, it says that on your shirt. I just see it now. Fuck. I, li- I live deliciously. <laughs> Well, if I'm still alive next week, we'll do another Halloween episode for the show. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. I hope I don't die, Mark. Thank you. See you later, maybe. Hail Satan. What's that like the taste of butter? A pretty dress. What's that like to live deliciously? Phil? Phil? Hey, Phil Connors, man! Whoa! 
there's the episode, and you got so much more bonus content as we sort of got into a little bit of a diatribe about uh, Blumhouse and talking about The Witch and Black Phillip and Living Deliciously. And, of course, we we so we, we transitioned that, Black Phillip's speech, uh, to, to Ned Ryerson getting punched in the face by Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. Because, again, we tie it all back to Groundhog Day, the original of the time loop movies. At least as far as my memory works. It is the original of all the time loop movies. It is the, uh, I guess at this point, it is the, the grandfather of the time loop flicks. So what'd you think? I hope you enjoyed that one. Be sure to reach out to us on social media at TomCastPopCast on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of this one. Were we, were we crazy? Are we way off base? And check out Happy Death Day. See what you think. And by all means, reach out and let us know then, too. Uh, if, if this is a movie that's unfamiliar to you, I hope I hope our speech wasn't too... Or our, our speech. I hope our show wasn't too spoilerific. I mean, we did sort of give it away. So if you hadn't seen the flick, hopefully you watched it first and then came back to this conversation and were able to enjoy it fully all the way around. Uh, though if you are one of those people who enjoy spoilers, maybe this convinced you to go watch it. So that works, too. And, yeah, it's a fun, fun flick. I can't recommend it highly enough. And, and I don't think... Um, Listen, we talked a little bit about it in the episode. Some of the stuff we kind of speculated a little bit about what might happen in Happy Death Day to you, the, the sequel, the next installment. Uh, and since the time of the recording, I have watched the sequel. And I do have to say it's a little disappointing. It's, uh, it leans far more into, into comedy than it does horror. It strays from its horror roots. Uh, it brings in more of a comedy element and more of a sci-fi element. It's not a bad movie by any means. Um, it's just not the same as this film, and and uh, maybe my expectations for the sequel were too high, because there are things I like about it. There are things in there that are good, and I, I wish they had explored more more fully. Uh, this the sequel feels a little bit like a movie that is is just trying to make uh, uh, the wrong audience happy, if that makes sense. You know, a lot of times we'll talk about how sometimes a movie serves more than one master, and I don't think that's the case with the sequel. Uh, I, I I think it's just trying to do too many things all at once, and it doesn't quite land, and there are some parts that are just borderline ridiculous. The death scenes in particular are, are too far over the top, again, leaning more into the comedy aspect of, of, a, of a time loop movie, and, and uh, failing to kind of live up to the, to the, the first one, which I guess is the, the sort of the... Uh, I don't want to be insulting, but I, I, that is very much on brand for horror films, right? You know, the sequels are never as good as the original in, in many, many instances. Uh, and, and again, it's not terrible, it's not bad, but I was way less interested, way less involved. The the Tree Gelbman character is still interesting and still enjoyable to watch. Her uh, Jessica Roth's performances are are very very nice, but it's 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 again it's too far over into the comedy realm for me. So there will not be a Happy Death Day to You episode of the show, especially not this Halloween. Maybe I'll come around on that movie later on, but I don't think so. I don't think so. But yeah, we are definitely considering Freaky. Freaky might be an option. We're still discussing Freaky. <laughs> All right. We're going to get out of here. We're running a little over. I'm trying to keep these shows between you know, an hour and 90 minutes, but uh, we're a little over right now, and that's okay. That's an okay thing. So I want to thank, once again, the official, the official members of Pophead Nation. They keep the lights on. They keep this show getting better and better every single week. And uh, you can join that group. You can help help support the show financially if you're so inclined. Patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. Join the nation and gain access. To bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. Technically, he's a Batman of Bayho. I don't know if I've addressed that, but 
technically he's Beho. <laughs> Jeff is also the co-host of The Ringing Ear. Check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Holly Quinn, Brian and Chris of Pariah Brewing Company, right here in SD, and of course, coming to you to Baltimore, Maryland, and of course, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. Thank you all so, so much. Listen, everyone out there, I hope you're getting ready for Halloween. It's right around the corner at this point. Hope you're working on your costumes. Hope you're getting all your candies ready for the trick-or-treaters. It sounds like this year might be a bigger Halloween than ever before with uh, last year's COVID protocols in place. You know, we'll see how that all shakes out across the country. But in the meantime, at the very bare, bare minimum, I'll be sitting on my couch in a costume watching movies on Halloween. And uh, maybe we can all... Uh, do that together and <laughs> we can take pictures and send them to each other <laughs> all right my name is tom this is the tomcast podcast we are in the midst of the halloween season and that means that we're gonna be doing this for another couple weeks get ready and we got some big stuff lined up in november too because uh dune's coming out the new ghostbusters is coming out so much to look forward to the new eternals movie is coming out i guess it's the first eternals movie if you want to be specific but yeah we got a lot to cover a lot coming up as we finish out 2021 I hope you're with us from start to finish. New listeners, old listeners, I thank you all so much for checking out the show, and I hope you all will come back next time. Continue downloading, streaming, sharing the show, and uh, with all the share, share it with all the people that you kill over and over again. Make them listen to it infinity times. I really, truly appreciate that. Thank you so much. We'll get out of here. Ciao, babes. So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got, one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Great story, compelling and rich. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of your beer, too.